You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network with host Steve Burkholder. Interviews with the greatest houndsman hunting the greatest hounds in coonhound history. We take you beyond the losses and the wins. Steve digs deep into the stories behind the scenes. Do you have what it takes to achieve greatness? It all starts with The Truth. The Truth is sponsored by Havoc Hunting Supply. When you are looking for high-quality gear, go to the people that understand the demands that you put on that gear. Havoc Hunting Supply has a full line of top-quality gear that meets those demands. Rugged hunting vest for the big-game houndsman to the sleek, high-speed, low-drag vest for the late-round-bound competition hunter. Havoc has what you need. The Havoc website features a complete line of hunting gear for the serious houndsman, and they feature that iconic Havoc logo where I see y'all wearing. Go to HavocHuntingSupply.com and order your gear today. When it's time to turn the hounds loose, it's time to wreak some Havoc. So uh, today, uh, we are super excited to... Uh, uh, drive down the road just a piece uh, from where I, where I lived at for many years in northern Indiana and uh, to a, a, a gentleman that I come across uh, well over 30 years ago, uh, I guess when I was first uh, got introduced to uh, competing with hounds, uh, I ran into this gentleman uh, at a hunt and uh, a friendship was kind of formed through that process and uh, we've shared uh, many memorable hunts uh, since then. And uh, it's really exciting to welcome none other than Dick Brothers. So, Dick, I want to say welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, Steve. Uh, I appreciate your podcast. Absolutely. So, Dick, uh, to get started here, uh, why don't you share with uh, the listeners a little bit of who you are and, and where you've called home, uh, kind of, you know, the beginnings, I guess. Well, I I was raised in Wabash, Indiana, and uh, um, uh, I don't know why I want to say, Steve. 
Uh, Have you, uh, now, now, now that's where you've primarily lived a lot of your life. Now I know you moved out to Iowa first in, is that right? Yes. Uh, I was raised in Wabash, Indiana. Actually, I was born in Prue, Indiana. And, uh, uh, 14 years ago, we moved to, uh, Western Iowa and I love that country out there and a big country, not, not no population. 5,000 people in a county. And uh, we moved back to Peru, Indiana a year ago. Kathy wanted to be back by her brother and sister. So we moved back, and so that that's that. <laughs> right. Did you, did you enjoy the hunting uh, out in Iowa as much as you did in Indiana? Uh, I know you're oh. an avid deer hunter, but, I mean, as far as, you know, both, you know, deer and obviously with hounds. Oh, yes, uh, uh, mentally, uh, I, I enjoyed it out west a lot better than Indiana. Uh, there's big sections, Steve. You know, a section rice runs for miles and miles. You know, you can uh, turn a dog loose and recast it as long as you want to walk it. You know, and uh, 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 deer hunting was really good out there, but coon hunting was really good out there. The only drawback with coon hunting, I would have had to drive, drive so far to a competition hunt. Uh, I had two clubs. One was uh, 30 miles away, and another one probably 45. That was the closest club. Uh, other than that, I would have to drive two or three hours or farther to a competition hunt. Right. That was a, drop, drive, that was a drawback, you know, but. Uh, we had really good neighbors, uh, but uh, really good people in that country. A good place to train a dog. You know, I hunted hill country, and uh, and I hunted everything. Uh, I hunted uh, cedar thickets, uh, river bottoms, cutover timber, just everything you can think of to train a hound. Right. You know, I think for us, you know, a lot of years living in the area that we did, I think we kind of got spoiled because, you know, we lived in a, in a very rich area as far as uh, quite a few hunters, but quite a few hunting clubs, you know, you know, you know, I know there for quite a while, uh, you could literally go to a hunt every Friday or Saturday night and probably not drive over an hour from the house. Um, Oh yeah. Well, I had, when I lived in Indiana, I had a club at Silver Lake. I had a club at South Whitley, you know, Andrews. They're, all of them were within uh, 20 minutes of driving time. Yeah, Marion, yeah, Montpelier, all of them, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes. So so you grew up in the Peru area, and uh, that, uh, you know, I know the hunting down there uh, is awesome. So... Uh, Dick, let's go back to the early days. Uh, when when did you first get introduced to a hound, and and what what piqued your interest on it? Uh, that kind of thing. Well, uh, I was running a trap line one night at Long Bear Crash Creek, and an old man stopped me and said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm running a trap line." So uh, he said, "You want to go coon hunt?" I know. I said, I never been, I may well. So 
we went coon hunting and uh, long story short, you know, he had an English dog. And uh, that uh, English dog had treated a possum and said, he never done that before, you know. Same old story, you know. <laughs> we heard, how many times have we heard that over the years? I don't believe that dog's ever done that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then oh, yeah. Uh, and I I hunted uh, the second time I went, I hunted a whole one season with a pair of black and tan dogs, really. And you know, I never had a dog that at that time, so. Was, how old, how old would have you been at this time? Uh, probably, uh, Steve, uh, early twenties. Yeah. Now you yeah. was running a trap line. Now what, what was you, what was you trapping? I was trapping minks and coons and, uh, muskrats mainly. But when I started coon hunting, I quit trapping coons. Right. Let, so, so, so how many years did you trap? Did you do that from young on up, Dick? Oh yeah, I I uh, I trapped from about ten years old, nine years old, uh, to to clear up in my high teens. Uh, that's why I got my spending money for uh, with trapping for 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 money. Right. Just out of curiosity, I know it's been quite a few years ago, but would you recall? You know, I know you know for a lot of years, you know, on like a coon hide or a mink or even a muskrat. Uh, what would you, you know, in them early days, what would you recall on, you know, when you would, you know, when you would take them in, what you would, you know, what you would average on that? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, 50 cents for a coon back in, right. you know, that, that was, uh, they wasn't worth very much money. And I can remember I got uh, the biggest money was uh, mink at the time you know and then and i can remember when i got a dollar ten for a muskrat and then i remember when muskrats got up high uh you could get just six or seven dollars for muskrat back then and that was big then oh yeah uh, i was in heaven you know that back in you know but i i quit trapping along about uh, 20 years old right i didn't do it anymore but i grew it up uh <clears throat> i dra- uh, trapped charlie creek uh immensely uh i walked from my house when i was young and trapped a uh, charlie creek uh north of wabash and uh i lived in town at that time you know but that's what i did steve early on who, who introduced you to trapping i mean how did you how did how did that all come about my granddad uh okay. he Owned a farm out uh, south of the Missinwall Reservoir, and uh, he uh, he had a had a ditch or two on his uh, property, and uh, he introduced me, and uh, that's how I, how I got started. Yeah, isn't that uh, that's awesome? You know, and I'm sure you guys shared a lot of memories uh, through that trapping like that. Oh yeah, just uh, you know, you do, you know, and. Uh, I met several people, uh, fur buyers along the way, giving me pointers, you know, and uh, I learned so much on my own, really. You know, uh, I think that's the best way to learn, Steve. Trial and error. Yes, sir. Out, out of yes. a muskrat, mink, I think I know what the answer is going to be, but out of muskrat, mink, and, and coon, what was the hardest thing to trap? Probably the mink. Yeah. 
And and yeah. why and and why would that be? I've never trapped, but you know I've had been around friends that have. Well, you just have to learn to trap a mink, and there, you know, back then there were so many muskrats. You know, I I actually caught mink by accident because I would set a conibear up for match muskrat, and you know, those mink would run those uh, muskrat burrows. You you could catch them by accident too, but you know, uh, I used mink lure, and I would. Uh, call what they call a, a cubby hole set and i i would catch him right so uh so you got introduced to hunting you uh hunted with an english dog what do you remember the gentleman that you hunted with that had the english dog uh paul swihart from rowan indiana okay yeah yeah and then yep. the black and tans uh you hunted with a pair of black and tans who would own them dick smith Okay. From Wabash. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I hunted whole winter uh, with Dick Smith. Uh, the one black and tan was a strike dog and a track dog. The other one was a tree dog. As a pair, they made a real good pair. Right. And uh, I remember uh, shooting coons out with a pistol back in. I thought it was so loud, you know. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and so that would have been, uh, uh, that would have been probably 45 years ago, probably 50 years ago. Oh, right? definitely. What, definitely. Do you remember? Yeah. What, what, probably in the seventies. Is that, is that when you would have, uh, uh early, early seventies, early seventies, uh, probably yes. 71, 72. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure Dick was probably just a pleasure hunter. Oh yeah. That's all he did. Just pleasure hunted. Uh, uh, we would, uh, we would uh, buy bags of uh, salted peanut, peanuts in the shell, <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, we would just throw them on. He drove an old car, car, and, you know, we would just throw the shells on the floor. <laughs> End of season, we would clean the car up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something. Take your foot as you get out and rake the shells out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember goodness. that, too. <laughs> yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. He was my age. Yeah. Now, now then would have you, would have you then, then did you ever, would have you ever, uh, I never did, but I know I hear a lot of older people share this. Would have you ever hunted with the carbide light or would have you already then at that point in time had the, no, but I hunted with mo motorcycle battery light and you know, I wore car hearts back in and you, you would get that acid on your clothes and that acid would eat holes or anything in your clothes back then but they were really blight lights you know i started out with a uh six cell or nine cell flashlight you know really right yeah but i i never did hunt with carbide light right and i advanced a wheat light later on and uh, eventually i uh, got a sunburst light you know, sunburst lights, they was very popular for a long time. It was kind of the, the big thing on being able to distribute that around you, uh, although you had batteries all around your back and side, but you didn't have that heavy battery on your side. Right, right, yeah. That was distributed, and I uh, got straps on, on your shoulders, too. That would support that light very well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So... Uh, 
where did you go from that? You hunted that one season with the black and tans, and uh, and that, and then what, where did it kind of go from there? Well, uh, then I got introduced to Mike Holder, and oh, you know Mike Holder, yeah. Uh, what an amazing guy. Yes, sir. He's a good go. And uh, then uh, I hunted a dog. The very first dog I competition hunted was Brandy. Uh, I hunted uh, her from Mike in the highest state championship and won second place my first competition hunt. And then, uh, and then from, there, from there. Oh, yeah. Bad. Big time. Yeah. Big time. So, so uh, and this would have been uh, probably what within the first two within the first couple of years of you hunting then. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so definitely. Mike would have introduced you to competition hunting. Mike and Tom Wise from Columbia City. Yeah, really. And then, then from there, uh, I got uh, a dog with Tom Wise. It was out of Miller's Rock. We called him Joe. He was a third or fifth horse strike dog, but well retrieved dog back now, then. Now, mm-hmm. Miller's Rock, that would have been the dog that, uh, was that the one that won the world hunt or no? No. Okay. Uh, but, no, but it was owned by Laverne Miller. Okay. I don't think he won the world hunt. Okay. At that so, so what, what made you decide to get one off of Rock? Had you hunted, had you had the opportunity to hunt with Rock or no? No, I okay. just looking for, for a dog, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then we got that dog together and there, from there, yeah, we, uh, we, did some competition hunting together, Tom and I, and uh, then eventually he quit. So uh, I I sold uh, Joe to Haskell Perkins in Ohio. I don't know if you knew Haskell back then or not, but he was a hard, hard hunter and uh, not competitions per se, you know. Right. But uh, then uh, next dog I got was Marby Sailor Boy. She, he was already the night champion. I got bought him out of Tennessee. Uh, he was a good dog, but he hated blue ticks. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he was pre, he was prejudiced. I, I don't, you know, I never had any trouble with him. Only on blue ticks. I don't know what to deal with. What, what do but, you think triggered that? I mean, what is it probably something that that early on before you got him? Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, he was like that when I got him. I didn't know it. He was a somewhat aggressive. He was a coon trier, but uh, then I went on and I, I, I I'm not going to hunt his old dog. Right. Uh, I'm not going to do it, Steve. You know. Yeah. So, but he was coon trier. But uh, then uh, then I advanced to uh, a Sally dog that well. <clears throat> We, let me back up a little bit. Uh, Dick Smith obtained a, obtained a Sally dog. So I hunted with Sally a whole winter, too, back then. And uh, then uh, I bought Sally from Dick Smith. She was a real good dog. She was five years old, and uh, she had a coon career. I'd never been in a competition. I won a Hoosier State Championship that year with Sally. And uh, 
she she died long not after that. I owned her probably two years. Uh, she got sick with cancer. Right. Talking of the Hoosier State Championship, boy, back in the day, that was a big hunt, wasn't it? Oh, over 100 dogs, buddy. I know, and I, I remember early on in my competition career, Dick, um, you know, I, uh, I started hunting the clubs around here, and uh, my very first year in competition – uh, it was, this would have been 1991, 92, something like that. Uh, Mackie Manns actually brought me down to the Hoosier state championship. And, oh, yeah. uh, I just remember pulling into that Columbia city clubhouse and you know how that thing kind of sets over the hill. And we got there probably, it was probably an hour before that hunt. And that whole, you know, the whole yard and the driveway, I mean, just packed with vehicles. Oh, yeah. And along the road, too. Oh, yeah, along yeah. the road. Yeah, that was that was so yeah. much fun. So, anyways, yeah. you won the Hoosier State. So, that was a big deal. And this would have been back, uh, that you would have been in the 70s at this point in time yet with her? Oh, yeah, definitely in the 70s, early 70s. Early yeah. 70s, Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's amazing. That hunt was a big hunt for a lot. Because I know, like I said, if that was in the early 70s, I know 20 years later, that was still a huge hunt. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So you had her, you won the Hoosier State Championship, and now you're really bit by the bug. Oh, yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. I I like the coon hunt anyway. We just, that's what. The icing on the cake, so to speak. Right. Absolutely. So you had Sally. She died then? Then uh, I had tamed the I, I liked hunting walker bitches, you know, a female right. female dog man myself. And right. What, I obtained. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 what was it that drew you to that? I mean, what was it early on? Because uh, I know you've hunted a ton of really good females over the years. Uh, and some pretty prominent males, but you've always seemed to have a good female. What was it early on uh, that, Dick, that really made you want to hunt a good female? Well, a couple things, Steve. Uh, I've seen in the book, you know, uh, I uh, followed ads and so forth. And, you know, I feed her, figured on uh, in the beginning of time, you, if you hunt a female, uh, you can choose what your breeder to, and you know, females are the backbone of the breed. Uh, I think you know, and females, for me, were easier to, easier to train, and they started quicker, and they had more sense than male dog. So I could see if I hunted females, I could make money on the females by breeding them. So that's what I did. Steve. Yeah, you know, I I have to say, Dick, I, I'm a lot the same way. You know, I, as you know, I've hunted uh, a, a lot of females. Most of the time, you know, I've had two probably male dogs that I've actually kept uh, in campaign kind of on a, on a big level. Uh, and that was just kind of by accident how I come about both of them. But other than that, I've primarily hunted females. So I, I, I have to, you know, that's something that I, I've always felt. It just seemed like to me, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. You know, if you got a good female, and especially one that had brains, and 
you know, when she raised that litter of pups and stuff, it just seemed like if you got a really rattle-headed female that was flying in and out of the box, stomping on them puppies and stuff, as per to say, it seemed like them pups was just a little bit rattle-headed himself. But if you got a really good female, especially one that had some brains and stuff, it just seemed like the bulk of that litter had them same characteristics from what I've seen. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, a male dog, you know, you have to have brains in a dog to start with, Steve, you know, really. Yeah. You know, uh, whether it's a male or female, you know, but uh, I really enjoy females. You know, I have had some really good male dogs too you know i don't like her i don't like uh there again when i pick a pup i won't pick the alpha male or alpha female in the litter because uh you have your handful later on in life with them because uh, they could get aggressive you know that's how they were born you know and uh, i've seen that too oh yeah absolutely so you obtained her. Well, I, I obtained uh, a Jill female out of Rock River Ring and a Patchett female from uh, out of Rock River Ring. And I obtained the beauty film female from John Hart in Illinois. Uh, she was out of Gold Creek Mondo. A very and, prominent uh, name back then. Oh yes, sir. And so yes, was sir. and so was Rock River Ring because you know that obviously tied him in with Frank Giddings, and uh, you know uh, so both of them. And is that kind of what drew you to him, or, or they was puppies when you got them, or or they was no, puppies? they was uh, older. They yep. were older. Well, the beauty dog was just started dog. Uh, Apache's dog was pretty. She was young, but she was pretty much uh, started. Uh, Really good started, you know. Right. Uh, then this Jill female was a finished dog, but right. she wasn't campaigned till I got her. Yeah. But uh, John Hart didn't know uh, what he had in a beauty dog, you know. Isn't that uh, something? Yeah. Uh, he just she was just started dog. I took her all the way to the top. She was a real deal, and you know, uh, uh, patches and. Uh, I, I couldn't never win a first place on a patch of bitch. Uh, she was a real good reproducer, but uh, there again, you know, she would go the opposite way to the cast. And you couldn't hear her. She was a big white hunting dog, you know, but she a real tree dog. And she reproduced really good. And I made the Jill bitch a night champion, and I granted beauty out one really uh big hunt with beauty right now uh you know back then too uh, you was talking about patches going the opposite way that was kind of uncommon back then yet wasn't it i mean it wasn't oh, yeah. uh, you know for dogs to naturally go the other way because uh, back then it was more you know it was more of you know everything packed up yes sir Yes, sir. Talking of that, Dick, that brings up a really good subject because you, you've been at this for a long time, um, and I'd love to uh, get your opinion on it. How much do you think early on, because, uh, you know, the, today's hunts are a lot different than they was 40 years ago. You know, 40 years ago, it was like it was a calling contest. I mean, it was kind of a war out there. I mean, I'm not as per to say, and not a war, right. but I'm talking it was you had to, 
you had to make split decisions in the today's uh, era that we're in. Uh, there's a lot more, you know, pretty much everything is is alone, as per to say. Right. How much right. of that, Dick, do you think today yet uh, is is man-made? Um, if a guy never laid a hand on a dog and just left him do naturally what he does, how much of today's do you think that if you lay, if you didn't train them, as per to say, to be by themselves, would these dogs pack up today, or how much do you think they'd naturally be by themselves? Well, it depends on the breeder dog and the stalker dog. You know, Steve, uh, I found early on, that's why I kept the stalker dogs this long, because the mag dog, when he come around, I bred five females to him. Well, hey, let, let's we're going to get into that, and it's really a, okay. a good point. So you have yeah. Beauty. Now, I know you've shared this before. Where would you rank her? Where would you rank her in? Tell me a little bit about her. Tell us a little bit about her. What made her special? And uh, where would you rank her? You've owned, a, obviously, a lot of good dogs we're going to hear about. Uh, but what made her, where would she stand out in your mind of your top all-time dogs that you owned? And, wh- and what made her that way? Well, I hunted the guts out of her from one thing. You know, back then, I treated every coon I treated. You know, yeah. uh, I learned the hard way. You don't, they, them dogs don't require them many coons, see, right. you know, yeah. but I hunted the guts out of her every night. And, uh, she was to the country style dog. She would be by herself naturally. And really, uh, she would true another dog, but she, she would make several trees, uh, split in the cast, you know, and I, I seen her right on. She was going to be my major stick. And uh, she had a high percentage of having coons every tree. That's what made her stand out. She was a, a strike dog and a track dog and a tree dog all together. Right. That, uh, I never, obviously, I never got to hunt uh, with her, but man, I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of people share. Uh, that she uh, she was most certainly the real deal. Where do you think she ranks all time in your well, for you what you've been able to hunt? I don't know, Steve. That's a hard decision because uh, she was the best that I owned at that time. You know, uh, maybe that's how I should answer that. But you know, right. you, she was right in the top. You know. Uh, there again, I have been blessed, you know, but I have been particular too. Right. Uh, so that's why I have been fortunate to, to have so many good dogs, you know. Right. And uh, yeah. So did you did you end up? Uh, now I know you competed with her uh, probably at the world and and different stuff like that. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ninety. 1983, I won a little world hunt with her. Uh, she scored 70-50 on Friday night and 1,200 on Saturday night. I won the whole thing, and you know, I I think uh, I won. Uh, I won uh, at all the most with her one year second Grand Night champion, and then uh, she placed in the top 20 of the world hunt two years. I could never get her through the top 20. 
isn't that something? You know, I, I've took some, I tell you, dude, that world hunt is so hard to win. Uh, as you know, you know, I made the, I made the final four in 2000 and I just knew young man then I just knew that I would be back, uh, to the oh, final yeah. four. And, yeah. uh, you know, I tell you what, I, it's just, it's a hard hunt to win. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. You got to have a good definitely. dog and you got to have breaks. Yeah. You got to have breaks. You know, when I was young, I didn't think uh, breaks would be a no, no problem because I had enough dog power. But you know, you gotta have luck. You know, right? You, you gotta have luck. Just like a hundred RQE Saturday night, really Michigan. I couldn't. The fire bitch. He's a year old dog. She split tree twice, and she he has her coon, Steve. But I couldn't find it in the woods. You know. Yeah. It just just a break you yep. know you can be inside the woods and, and can't hardly shine it and something else no. is on the edge and there it is that's what happened too <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah so uh yeah. so did you ever raise any pups off of beauty then oh yeah okay uh, raised several litters uh she uh, uh the uh class dog i won the world champion show with uh walker park uh he was out of beauty and uh the John dog I owned years ago. And, uh, uh, then, uh, I bred her to the, the honey's boom. Uh, she, uh, Brian, I sold Brian Wooded, a good young dog out of her and boom. And, uh, he got her kill on the road. Uh, she, she done her share of reproducing, Steve. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you had beauty, she got older. And uh, what was the next one uh, when you went from there? Well, <clears throat> I went from there. Uh, I got uh, eventually Jill and Patches died along with Beauty. So uh, I got a dog to uh, name uh, Charlie Creek Mac from Tennessee. And uh, that was my next dog. And through that, I found out what independence was, you know, there again, you touched on that earlier, you know, back then we didn't have very many independent, independent dogs, but, uh, Mac, uh, Mac, uh, threw independent dogs way back there when you didn't hear very many of them. Yeah. And with the Charlie Creek name, cause that's been your kennel name for, uh, uh, all your life. Uh, yeah, I would assume, I, I would think that you probably got him before he was ever campaigned. Then, right? Yeah, yeah right. Absolutely, he was just pleasure hunting. Yeah. Now, I, you raised several pups off him, if my memory uh, recalls right. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yes sir. Yep, absolutely. And and competed with him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I made him a grand night. I won uh, Walker Days on Saturday night. Night champions. Uh, it, southern indiana one year i placed him uh in a, a tent in the eight case hah world hunt and uh i i won quite a bit with him uh i i don't recall at this time how much i won with him and the hunts uh i won with him but i won a lot right he was uh first and first type dog and be the, the to the country and have a coon. He was hard to get a strike on. Right. 
And and he would have been kind of your first stud dog as well. Yes, sir. He was. Yeah. He what, was. What what made you decide that you wanted to stud him out? Well, I I bred him to five females. I knew what he was going through, you know, but uh <clears throat> and uh I figured if uh I figured in my own way of thinking, you know, if people aren't going to breed him, how I can get people to breed him is uh, breed a dog and win, win the world hunt with him. So, long story short, I won a world hunt with his daughter, Charlie Creek Terror. And I tell you what, that opened up. Uh, everything you know people were breeding to my mac but he went sterile really quick after i won the world hunt he only had uh 100 and some pups on the ground right yeah how old would he been at this point uh roughly well probably seven yeah you know it's just that's the nature about these dogs. You just never know, you know. No, no. Uh, on no. that side of it, so so uh, you raised so you would have had Tara uh, off of uh, you would have had Tara off of Mac. Would you raised her yeah. as a puppy then? Bought her as a young dog back. How did Tara no. come up? I raised her from a pup, and uh, I raised a Sarah pup. Uh, she was off of Mac too, and uh, yeah. And that would have been the one that you called Loctite Sarah. Yes, sir. So she yeah. was dref- she was directly off of Mac then. Yes, sir. See now, yeah. I would have remembered hunting with Sarah, uh, and I can tell you uh, that was a tough outfit to handle in the woods. Oh yeah, <laughs> I uh, you know I uh, I I read that she was yeah she was a she was another good dog. But while we're on the subject of Tara, um, so you got her, you granted her out in. I re- if I recall, you won the world hunt with her. She was fairly young, right? She was youngest dog to win the world hunt at that time. At that uh, time. 20, 28 months old. And uh, she was youngest dog to win a world hunt till insane Jane coming on. Come on. She was the youngest. Yeah. Right. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that world hunt. Going into that world hunt, you know, uh, thinking in your mindset that you had dog enough to win it. <clears throat> Um, you know, a little bit of, if, from what you recall of how the, how the quarterfinals went, um, you know, kind of how the finals went, where you hunted at, uh, share with the viewers a little bit on, on that world title. Okay. Uh, get back to it. Um, uh, Tara was, uh, hunted in, uh, a qualifier the, uh, year before in, uh, Randy Davis hunter, hunter in the zone to, when she was 13 months old. Okay. And so, uh, he said, Dick, uh, he won his cast one night and got beat one night and said, Dick, she is just a year away. And no, this is Randy telling you this. Yeah. man, what a, He was a good guy too. Not to get off. Yeah. He's a, good as yeah. good as they come. But anyway, yes, sir. Anyways. And, uh, he, he, he hit the nail on the head. She was just a year away. So, uh, uh, I took her and granted it out, got, got her qualified, and uh, I knew I had a good dog, you know. And uh, I uh, 
<clears throat> then uh, I won. I never got beat in the world hunt or the zone at all. I took her all the way and I never lost a cast, you know. And, you know, where the was world the, hunt, where, where was the, the quarterfinals that year? Would you remember where you hunted the quarterfinals? Uh, yeah, in Iowa. Okay, yeah. And then I think yeah. the, the finals was in, was the finals? Greencastle. Okay. Greencastle, Indiana. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, anyways, go uh, ahead. Then uh, uh, I won every cast with her. You know, that's how you do it. You win the world hunt. So right. she was a dog that killed Triolet Epcoon with ease. You know, when you didn't ever, you didn't think anything was happening. Uh, she would, she would trail left somewhere, you know. It just, and I remember one night in the world hunt. That was, uh, I think, the third night. Uh, 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 pouring rain, Steve. You know, in the world hunt in '94, we had much miserable hunt. Really, you know, it was, it was. Just like a monsoon. I couldn't believe a dog would even tree a coon there. And, you know, right, right out in the middle of pasture field, she treated her only coon in the cast. Isn't that something? Yeah. Pouring down the rain. And, and this this would have been in the in the final cast or a cast leading up to the final cast? No, n- next to finals. Okay, yeah. yeah. Friday night then, yep. yeah. Yeah, Friday night, yeah. And I guarantee you, when you when you treat that coon, you felt pretty good about it with them kind of. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, because the other dogs were struggling, they would uh, the uh, get minus on tracks and strike. You know, she just had a knack. You know, uh, I I I drawed Mackie Mans one. (laughs) They're talking Mackie Mans years ago with Tara, and you know. yeah, a- another English dog at Albany, in Indiana, and he said, uh, "I think I can beat that Dara bitch tonight because he, she's a third or fourth strike dog." Right. <laughs> Long story short, and, and the English dog just scored uh, over a thousand points the night before. Long story short, Tara uh, treated five coons, a Mackie dog treated one, and the English dog treated one. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that like yesterday. And it's something yeah. how some of them hunts just stick out to you. Yeah, and uh, other hunts I can't remember. You know, yep. oh, people yeah. say I drew you, or you know, I I don't remember that. But yep. you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so that puts you in the final cast. And uh, if I recall right, I don't think there was a lot of coon tree in the final cast because wasn't the weather pretty miserable? Uh, oh yeah, pretty much that it's, whole weekend. Pouring rain down, uh, down, uh, terrible, terrible, you know, really. Yeah. Uh, we were uh, lucky to tree a coon, you know, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, even locally, uh, in the area, uh, there was a lot of good dogs. Uh, you go to a local hunt and a lot of these local dogs, you know, with, with a lot of, you know, there was a lot of guys in our area that competition hunted and did well on the big stage with them as well. And we had to compete against them guys in and out. So, 
uh, yeah, that's pretty, uh, uh, pretty awesome. So you win the world hunt and, uh, and, and so you had to be feeling pretty good about yourself at that point. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Then I, I thought to myself, well, what do I do now? Uh, I worked so hard to win this world hunt. What do I do now? You know, yeah. just like, yeah, but, uh, I've been trying to win in ever since. I haven't had any luck. Right. Isn't uh, when you want to, you know, uh, I'm sure you thought, hey, you know, I've had go- dogs, uh, you know, it, surely, you know, I can get back to there uh, and win that hunt. I know that's the way it's went for me. Um, but, you know, like we touched <laughs> on earlier, it's you have to have a good dog. You have to have the brakes. Yeah. Uh, just like Big Mike, I got him in our top 23 years in a row. Yeah. I just couldn't win it. You know, I had the dog power, but right. just breaks, you know, yeah. really. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You had a dog called Laser. When did he come into, uh, uh, I remember uh, hunting with him. Uh, yeah. He, he would have come after Tara, I'm sure, yes. Yes, sir. Uh, he was out, out of Mac, too. Okay. And uh, also singing Susie, too, bitch. And... Uh, he was a good dog, you know. You you hunted with him, I think this first time we drew, Steve. I I believe it, it would have been one of the first times. I remember that cast like yesterday. I can't remember the boy's name. That's a funny story, but it was out of. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was yeah. out of Howe. I believe we was hunting out of Howe, Indiana, and yes, the night sir. that I remember hunting with Laser, uh, I was hunting my uh, a female I called Candy. And uh, yeah. we kind of had a bigger feller uh, judging us, and I can't remember <laughs> his name. Yeah, and, uh, I don't. And, you know, Candy was one of them that uh, she had some wheels underneath her, too. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember we didn't, we didn't walk uh, a couple hundred yards that night. We walked miles. And uh, uh, we had a – it was a – it was I know it was a shootout uh, the whole night or whatever, but I remember him coming in the clubhouse <laughs> – and he said, I wouldn't hunt that. I wouldn't hunt that junk for nothing. He said, he goes, and he goes, as far as judging them, you can forget that too. I don't know if you recall that or not. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I remember well, Steve. We gutted that boy. Oh, you know? my goodness. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. I remember there at the end of the night. Because uh, it come right down to, I, I believe it come right down to the last tree. I don't, I don't quite remember the the Pacifics, of, but I know we walked at least a half a mile. Or, or I don't or even know who won that cat. You know, I don't yeah. even know who uh, won the cat. Yeah, see? I think that. Yeah. Uh, I th- I know. That I just I remember vividly. Uh, I remember vividly the judge uh, on that cast. I can't remember his name. I'm thinking it may have been Joe something, but. I remember he said that he was out. That wasn't gonna that, that wasn't gonna be him anymore. You know, I tell you, I tell you, Dick, uh, that cast that was really the start for me. Uh, I think probably our friendship started becoming formed at that point because uh, I right. realized uh, at that point in time um, on the local level, you know, as all of us do at some point, you know, you went in the world hunt. Uh, obviously with Tara, you know, uh, in 94, uh, me just getting my feet wet, but I learned so much, uh, on that cast and realized that, uh, that it was, it was, it was, it was going to take some more dog power than what I had. That's really when the, that's really probably that night is really when the search 
uh, got on on realizing that you know I had a nice dog, uh, but it was going to have to uh, get better. And uh, you know I think so many times that um, you know when a guy is hunting, you know, because we talked about it from that point. You know, there's so much that goes in preparing these dogs, and I think a lot of guys in today's age uh, don't realize what it takes. You know, a lot of them want a turnkey dog. You know, go get them out of the kennel, take them to hunt, hunt them, go home. You know, maybe hunt them yeah. a drop or two, and uh, honestly, don't uh, don't know how to to get one right for a hunt. Wouldn't you? I mean, is, 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 wouldn't wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. You know. When I got a dog ready for the hunt, uh, uh, I would hear the birds singing in the morning. I would hunt all night, really, you know, and uh, that's what it takes, you know, get a dog in shape physically and mentally. Right. And you you have to get in shape physically and mentally. Well, I tell you, it was soon after that hunt, uh, Dick, you was hunting, I believe you was hunting Sarah. Uh, would he, you would have hunted her at the same, I think probably the same time frame as laser. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I remember going to Columbia city, Indiana club, uh, right around that time frame, And, uh, you was guiding in your own home turf. And, uh, for the ones that don't know, uh, when you was, uh, you hunted, you always Dick, hunted some really good dogs, but you knew how to put them dogs in a position to win right uh, i remember i remember that night vividly uh i learned so much on that because we had it was a four dog cast and we would uh because you know back then hunting night champions it was all about score you know you had to have you you could come in and i'm sure you've done it you could come in with seven eight nine hundred and not even get a smell and even if they give away two night champion wins not get a win and uh and I remember vividly uh, pulling up. <laughs> we had we'd walk up to every woods. It, it didn't matter right. if that woods was, you know, if it was two hundred yards off the road, a hundred yards off to the road, or, or three hundred yards off the road. We would walk up to the woods, and normally, uh, I know this is hard to believe, but we would be struck and treed in five or ten minutes, and or, or quicker, or quicker. And yeah. literally, you could go in and even score a split tree in seven or eight minutes oh, and yeah. call, call time out, walk back to the truck. But I remember on that cast, what I learned, uh, there was a, I don't even remember who it was, but there was two other people on the cast. And by about halfway through the hunt, one of them was still kind of in it, but he was physically drained. He said, I'm done. I'm going to the house. And yeah. the second one, and the second one, was done with about 40 minutes left to go on the hunt. And I remember we hunted that cast heads up at to the end. But here's the problem. Uh, the one, whatever I was hunting, and I don't remember what dog it was, uh, although I was a young man and I was in shape, my dog was done. Because we'd done and made, I don't know, 10 or 11 trees. And uh, right. I, I remember that vividly. And I learned so much from that that, you know, taking a dog – there's something about just hunting a dog, but it's another whole level on getting a dog ready uh, and prepared uh, to win, you know, and putting it in that position. You're absolutely right. And 
what I would do when I was younger, and you don't you don't have to hunt like that now, but you know what I would do. Uh, everybody, you were the one, only one that figured out what I would do early on, Steve. Uh, what I was doing when I was leading them dogs across the field, muddy fields, singing in your knees, uh, going crossways on a cornfield. I, I learned early on how to wear that dog down and a handler too. Right. And you know, if you can wear the dog down and a handler, you will win, win that cast yeah. uh, 99% of the time. You know, uh, that, that was good. Uh, uh, I learned that early on, and I I used that to my advantage. Right. And, you Absolutely. Know, a, lot, a lot of people said, I, I won't m- mention names right now, but, you know, one guy said, well, I know why Dick, Dick Brothers lead uh, uh, up to the wood, because his dogs won't go hunting. So, you know... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I got a laugh at a, out of that, you know, that, you know, they couldn't figure me out for a lot of years. Yeah. I, I, uh, I know, I know everything changed for me after that second or third time, because, uh, I watched it happen, uh, firsthand, probably kind of lucked into it. So no, there is a lot to that. I, I think in today's world, uh, you know, back then for us, for me anyways, I had to make what I hunted. And, you know, how much, Dick, with, on that subject, how much of it is it when you, every dog is different. You know, dogs are, you know, I mean, I'm not going to liken them to children, but, you know, children are different just like dogs. You can, one of your, one of your kids, you can look at them and they melt, and, and, and the other one, you can stay on them, and it's like it goes in one ear and out the other. And I think dogs can be a lot of the same. How much do you think it is, is figuring that dog out, what he's good at, and then, and then exemplifying his strong points and try to minimize his weaknesses. Oh yeah. Yeah, sir. You know, there's a, some good, uh, good dogs that treat lab coons with ease, you know? And, uh, then again, when I was guiding a cast, I knew where every coon was in, in seven counties really. And, you know, I guided in seven counties, Steve. Is uh, that right? Yes, sir. And uh, then uh, uh, back then, you know, I found out what, what the weaknesses and the strong points were in a dog, you know. And so I would uh, would take that to my advantage, too, you know. Right. And I was good judge back then. I don't judge any now since I had a stroke, you know. Uh, uh I can judge, but I can't write the scores down to in the scorecard. Right. You know, I just I just can't do it all anymore. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. What? Uh, so so you had so you had um, you had you know Sarah. I know you guys did quite a bit with her, and uh, uh, and where did you go from Sarah then? Uh, well, uh, Sarah eventually passed away and uh, then uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, I went uh, I, I made some outcrosses with Sarah and Tara you know and they would produce coon dog but 
they didn't have the extra. So uh, I, I that cost me five years, Steve. You know, you you make a bad 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 outcross or two, uh, you can get set back immensely. Oh yeah. So uh, I did that. I bred your world champion. I bred, but there again, you know, I wasn't ever afraid to outcross and breed breed the other dog. Uh, that's why I contribute myself to being a successful breeder. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when where I went from there, uh, I uh, I had to add the dog too. Yep, I remember and, him. Yes, yeah, he, he's a real deal. You know, I remember and, I remember one night, and correct me if I'm wrong in this or not. I think you owned him with Chris Rugg. Is that right? Yes, sir. And uh, wasn't it one night at the Michigan State Championship? Didn't he score like twenty two or twenty three hundred or something like that up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yes, sir. You know, for the viewers, uh, Dick, and uh, you know, for because a lot of people and and been being fortunate hunting all over the United States, I know there's a lot of areas where it's just hard to wrap their mind around uh, that that's even possible. You know, well, and until you experience it yourself, <laughs> what? You know, share with them a little bit of of why that could happen. Well, just like uh, getting back to Sarah, a Walker days when I won Walker days in 1997. I scored 1575 on Friday with her. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, I got I got it to other handlers, too. And they withdrew. And we we went heads Heads up to heads up. I wasn't cast. Uh, on Saturday night, they put a UKC field rep on me. So that that's okay. You know, I, I know how to guide and score kings. You know, and uh, long story short, uh, I scored 19, 1,900 with Sarah on Saturday night. With a special with judge a, on you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How sweet, and, uh, how sweet was that, Dick? Oh, yeah. Very <laughs> sweet, buddy. And uh, then, uh, well, uh, let's see. Rob Wallen was on a cast. Yeah. And uh, we had a four-dog cast, but we would split three really quick. See? So, there again, getting back to you, when you were uh, split tree really quick you score them trees really quick and no leaves on the trees too oh yeah so and long story short we got down to two dogs eventually that back down to sarah one dog so i had 20 minutes to hunt by myself and i treated two more coons in 20 minutes you know i scored 1900 yeah but you know that's the first time I ever scored that kind of score. I haven't scored that kind of score since then. Yeah. But I scored a lot of 14, 1600 through the years, really, with me guiding. Yeah. You know, I remember one year at Blue Tick Days, um, <clears throat> the, the, the best, you know, the, one of the memorable casts I was on talking of that. We, uh, I ended up scoring 17 and a quarter, but what was amazing about that cast is we finished it with three dogs. And yeah. g- going into the last drop, 
uh, I'm sitting at 1600 and another dog's sitting at 1400 and that dog took a first and a first. I didn't have to have a first, but it took a first and a first. And I think I took a, a third and a second or something like that. Uh, but it was, it was, so it was a very, very competitive cast. And, uh, you know, what made it sweet is that there was three dogs that finished it, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I think, I think until, until people from other parts of the country, until they come up and hunt Southern Michigan, uh, Northern Indiana, uh, in that area, it, 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 it'd be hard for them to understand how it can happen, but it can, you can get in the right situation, uh, the right, Right. of course the hunts are a little different now because a lot of it has went to eliminating style of events and, uh, you know, when you're cast in advance, uh, is a little bit more uh, on a lot of the hunt uh, format, which I think is a good thing. You know, I uh, think it's a real good thing. You, you know, know real Steve. Yeah, beat the three dogs that you're out there with, and and you're going to advance. Right, right, so, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, back up a while. Uh, I chair uh, produced Charlie Creek Clay. And he produced Edge. Yeah. And uh, I am hunting a pup uh, 20 months old out of his semen right now, 20-year-old semen. Off of clay. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I used a uh, last semen off of the clay of uh, Big Mike's uh, mother, uh, Big uh, Big Timer's mother. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I like its clay pup. Yeah, okay. she's a, well, I know you thought yeah. a lot of clay when you had him. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a real deal. Uh, uh, I remember uh, Jim Chafin judged me one night out of Albion. <laughs> uh, he, Clay, put on the show that night. Yeah. You know, uh, Jim, Jim was a good dude. Yeah, he hunted. Uh, he hunted a lot of good English dogs for a lot of years. Oh yes, sir. And yeah. it was tough. To, hey, I'm telling you, he had some tough dogs. I mean, them dogs was there was some dogs was tough to beat. Oh yeah, yes, sir. You know, he was he was a tough competitor too, buddy. Hey, very good competitor. You know, he hunted that <laughs> Sam dog, and he, I remember when Delbert Bowman was hunting for him. They had Annie and Sherry, and I yeah. think. Uh, First dog I drew with Jim's was Root. Yeah. Did you that that ring a bell? Yes, it does. Yeah, Root. Yeah, I remember yeah. Uh, that would have yeah. been in my early early years. Uh, Root. Yeah. Right. I actually I actually got a pair of pups off of uh, a pair of English pups off of Jim uh, before I really kind of uh, got into hunting blue ticks. Um, yeah. I mean, I hunted. I hunt. I was. I had a few uh, blue ticks, but I I did hunt. Uh, a pair of English pups off of uh, uh, Jim's stock and uh, ended up selling them, kind of fell in love with the blue tick breed and that kind of thing. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you had Clay, and uh, you, uh, and obviously then it, where did Big Mike come in at from then? Uh, Big Mike, uh, <clears throat> uh, I, he was a semen dog uh, from uh, Edge. Okay. And I, I bred, I bred the Loctite Tees bitch out of Sarah, yeah, uh, to Ed Seaman. I then uh, I come up big, big Mike, and uh, he was a real deal too. And uh, 
he was a track dog. He wasn't a trailing type dog, you know, the difference, you know, a real track dog. He was dominating first or second strike dog. He would have a coon naturally alone by himself. 90% of the time he would be alone. Yeah. And uh, that's why I kept his stalker dog clear back to Mac. Uh, you know, 30 years ago, like you said, you didn't have a very you didn't hear very many independent dogs, but Mac through that yeah. uh, all those years. Uh, For many generations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm still ending up with uh, very independent dogs right now. Really. Right. What, um, on how many generations, uh, how many generations, because I know you have, you had Big Mike and, and currently, uh, I know you have big timer. I, I big timers out of big Mike. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So yeah. like with yeah. you take your big timer dog, how many generations of hounds is that, uh, for you? Would you know six, six generations? Six. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so my, so big Mac would be six generations in behind him. Yes, sir. That's amazing. Dick. Yeah. 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 Uh, <clears throat> yeah it's, uh, it, they've been good to me, and uh, I, I knew r- right away that I, when I got Mac, I had a win in the bloodline, you know, balanced and uh, uh, real accurate, you know, and pressure tree dog. Right. The So you have big timer now, and uh, you said you have your little fire female. Is that currently what you're hunting then? Yeah, I'm hunting fire uh, uh, right now. And, uh, I, uh, I put her on, uh, four hunts in a row on one, three cast with her. And, uh, then I got beat, uh, Saturday night RQE. So I'm going to have to take her t- to another one. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I think yeah. that's, I think that's happened to us a time or two in the past. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. What, uh, uh, Dick, let me ask you this, uh, uh talking of that, I know you touch, uh, a little earlier, uh, on on you having a stroke. How, how how long ago did you have the stroke? I had a stroke uh, three years ago this August next month, and uh, it was a very bad stroke. I was paralyzed on my whole right side. Uh, I was on a ventilator for three days, unconscious, and uh, but I uh, the Lord has blessed me and brought me out of that. But uh, I worked uh, really hard on physical therapy and speech therapy. And they said I wouldn't walk or talk for six, six months or a year. And long story short, I was out of rehab in four and a half months, Steve. Wow. Yeah, but, you know, I worked really hard at that. And uh, that's why I have a, a speech problem now. You know, and uh, I, I drive me uh, sane, insane and I don't like it, but that's what I have to deal with now. Right. But I think, Dick, uh, having a conversation with you today for those that wouldn't know, wouldn't know the difference. And, you know, uh, I know we had a conversation on a tailgate. You know, I do believe this. That, I mean, there's two things in this world uh, that money uh, can't buy, and that's health and happiness. 
And no. happiness may make you ha- money may make you happy for a little while, but it ain't, it's not going to keep you happy. And no. uh, I think that uh, I know for me, uh, there's a lot of days that I take my health for granted. And I'm very thankful uh, to have been relatively healthy. You know, I had a COVID battle uh, last fall. First time in my life that I got really, really sick. And, oh, I know. Uh, and it made me, you know, it really set life in perspective that, man, when we have our health and your family's healthy, uh, how much more, uh, you, you can't get any richer in life, uh, really. You right. Can't. And, uh, right. you know, what, Dick, what, what, what drove you? What was the desire? What, what was the desire that you just knew you was going to walk out of that, you know, out of that hospital? Well, uh, you know, I've always been a person that, uh, uh, d- don't take no for an answer. And uh, I've been, <clears throat> when I was in rehab, I, uh, the rehab lady asked me what I want to do. And I said, uh, I want to be able to tie a fish hook on. I want to be able to shoot a gun. I want to be able to deer, deer hunt. I want to be able to competition coon hunt. You know, that's why I drove me, Steve, you know, and I drove Kathy nuts because I would, I would make her take me at a uh, place in Iowa where I could walk on paved roads. I would make her take me three times a day. And, you know, I push and push and push. Yeah, yeah. And you have, they tell me you have one year get back to normal when you have a stroke. So that stroke was caused by an operation. Uh, I had a carotid artery surgery, and that caused a stroke. So, but uh, (laughs) desire is everything, Steve, you know. Let me ask you You this. Go ahead. Yeah. What, how much, what did it, uh, and I know we've had this conversation a little bit. How much, how, how much did your faith get strengthened through that? Yeah, very much. Uh, but I was, uh, I was raised up, uh, uh, a Christian and, uh, uh, I was taken to church every Wednesday and Sunday morning, Sunday night, and every week of revival, you know. But I don't go to church, but I believe in the Lord, really. And uh, uh, I have always believed in the Lord, but I don't think I have to worship in church to uh, uh, believe in the Lord. Right. Well, you know, I think that where one or two are gathered— uh, that's just my opinion in, uh, you know, I know in talking to you over the past couple years, uh, you know, doctors can do so much, but it's the, it's the grace of God that heals, you know, uh, and the desire, you know? Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, he could take me home too, but yeah. he chose not to. I don't know why he did. He's still got he's still got work left for you to do here. There's still there's still a few of them dogs uh, chasing in uh, 
uh, turn out. So coming off that stroke, how hard was it to get back into the woods? What was that like, Dick? You know, I, I cause I know I've, I've drew you out since then. And, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, you know, I, I re- recall I'm, I'm not, we was at the world hunt or the super stakes, super stakes, I believe it was, uh, walking yeah. them hills. And I think that was about two years after your stroke. And I, I told my wife, I was like, I just, I was just so amazed. What, how long was it? Did you start hunting within a year after that to where you started going? And, and what was that process like? Well, I tell you what, I have, uh, Bobby Overby and I have the big Mac dog in Virginia in partnerships. And, you know, uh, he has been a really good friend for me. Uh, he bred uh, one of the first females, uh, Big Mike, uh, back then. And uh, we became really good friends and uh he came up all, all the way out to ohio from virginia and when i got home from the hospital and took me hunting and uh he had helped me up the hills and uh then uh then uh then uh we caught help from my wife because he let my drive, he, he let my drive my truck. <laughs> and uh, we made this mistake of telling her, uh, Jay Watt, she was from June. <laughs> but uh, then uh, Bobby went and I went the second night out there. He hunted a week and he mowed my grass and he trimmed my trees and then he took my hounds back to Virginia mm-hmm. and hunted them for six months until I could get down there and get them picked up, Steve. Yeah. Uh, what, what kind of friend is that, you know, really? Well, you know, Dick, talking of friends, I, you know, this, this being, being, being a houndsman and around that kind of thing, you know, it sure has blessed. I think, I think we could both agree it's blessed us with a lot of longtime friends. I mean, friends that are oh. uh, probably closer to us than even a lot of our family. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. So you got them yeah. back. You got them back from uh, Bobby. Uh, uh, probably what a year after the stroke. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, less than a year. So, uh, I, uh, I started campaigning big Mike, you know, yep. and I had done a lot with him. Uh, I made him a dual grand and, uh, um, uh, uh, I placed him three years in a row, 13, 14 and 15, uh, in the world hunt. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. He, he was, I just couldn't win that sucker with him. And uh, he was high scoring dog at Walker Days at uh, your club up there. Uh, I scored. Uh, Ryan Miller guided me. I scored fifteen fifty that night. Yeah. And he he put on the show, and uh, he would just fall us. I placed fourth overall. I just I just couldn't have any luck on the final cast, you know. But oh, yeah. uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What uh what is uh what what is what is your plans going forward? What you what you got cooking going forward? Well, I'm uh 
I hope to grand this uh, fire bitch out and uh, do some good with her in the super stakes uh, next spring, you know, and uh, see, we'll see what we can do, you know, and uh, I, I just uh, collected big timer semen uh, this week, you know, so I'm going to use him in the future, so. And uh, I got semen froze on fine line cooler. Fine line cooler was out of tennis me smoker and my world champion terror dog. Yeah. And I have semen on Sarah out of Nailer. Okay. And so uh, the the hawk dog uh, Lee McFandon. Yep. Yeah. That he was out of Neller and my seraphimo. I have semen on that cross. So, uh, so I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do in the near future, but I, if I live long enough, I'm going to use them semen on them dogs. Right. What, yeah. uh, uh, what, what drives you, uh, what, what is it about this? What is it about, you know, this being a houndsman, uh, what drives you to, to do it for all these years? Well, I don't know. You know, Monty Gussie said on my Facebook the other day, you don't have anything to prove, but, but it's not about proving. I just enjoy the competition part, you know, and, uh, listen, to a dog come treat, uh, you know, the greatest thing, Steve. And, you know, uh, it gets me in shape, too. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I choose to walk when I could drive around and pick my dogs up, you yeah. know. Yeah. But that's part of training, too. You know, you don't, you, uh, if you go in and handle the dog after five minutes on every tree, that's not dog training, you know. Yeah. You have to leave a dog tree half an hour at a time and 15 minutes at a time, you know. And, you know, uh, that way they don't think you're going to get them very early, you know, handle them. Right. Yeah, you know, because, hey, in them hunts, sometimes they have to stay treed for 30, 40, 50 minutes. Oh uh, before, yeah, before you before you get to him, um, yeah, definitely, a, absolutely. You know where do you um, uh, where do you talking of that? Uh, where do you see the, the 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 sport itself as far as on the competitive side? Things have changed a lot. You know, obviously in today's uh, eight, you know in today's era, uh, we're competing for a lot of higher stakes. Um, you know, you've you've got to hunt. You know, many with many generations of dogs. Where do you see the? You know, wh- where do you see the sport of today versus of forty years ago? And and what do you think of the quality of dogs uh, in today's world versus then? Well, the quality of dogs about the same is what I see, Steve. You know, um, depend on the uh, breeding. But, you know, the sport is going forward. You know, they say there aren't as many hunters as there used to be. You know, 
there again, uh, I agree with that. Pleasure hunters, there aren't very many pleasure hunters anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, hide hunters, you know. You could, uh, years ago, you could buy a dog after coon season, you know, from a pleasure hunter, but you can't do that anymore. Do you think it has to do with the price of hides not being uh, worth as much? Why we don't have the yeah. pleasure hunters? Or do you think we're just in a different era where kids aren't being raised around hounds like we was back then? Uh, I, I think I think uh, you brought up a really good point. I think both. Uh, price of hides, you know, and you know, this younger generation, you know, I'm not picking on them, but you know, Nobody wants to train a dog anymore. They just want to go and buy a dog. You know, uh, I think uh, eventually all the good trainers are going to get die off. See, mm-hmm. you no, know, really. You know, I've trained practically everything I've ever owned. Yeah. You know, and uh, guys don't have the patience to do it anymore. They are, they just don't want to do it. You know, when when I was younger, uh, I made a gold champion on thirty and fifty dollar hunts. That was tough. You to know, do then. yeah. And uh, uh, I made the stone dog a gold champion. I made the laser dog a silver chiller champion. And uh, then uh, then uh, nowadays you can make a gold champion in two or three hunts. Yeah, just a couple of hunts for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong with saying this. You know, PKC needs uh, uh, think where how many people made PKC with thirty and fifty dollar hunts. Well, uh, you know, it's always been my opinion uh, in anything in life. That it's it, it's kind of like a fundraiser. It's easier to get twenty dollars out of you know a hundred people as it is two hundred out of ten. Well, and, that's that, that's just like selling pups. You know, you can sell a pup for a thousand, two thousand dollars, but you can, but only so many people can afford a Cadillac versus a Chevy. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't have the money. I have the hounds, but I don't have the money to afford a $2,500 hunt, $6,500 hunt. But I've, I've judged many of these dogs uh, that they take to these hunts, and uh, they're not any better than I, the, what I'm turning loose. And I, and you, uh, you turn the lips, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know? you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, you know, talking of that, I, the, you know, the TOC hunt that they have, uh, the terminal champions hunt they have. I know that's, uh, that's an awesome hunt to, to hunt in. You know, I do think though, in today's age, uh, we are fortunate, um, that uh, there is still quite a bit of hunts that a guy can go compete in, uh, be be competitive at on on a lot of on a lot of different aspects. But uh, right, um, 
a question I got for you, Dick. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. I'm going to kind of rapid fire a few questions. Okay. Um, yeah. Mo- most impressive dog uh, that you hunted with that you didn't own. That's a hard question. <laughs> um, or, or maybe just mention a few that really stood out to you. Well, when I drew the your babe bitch, uh, I liked it real, real, real well. When I drew with Earl, and uh, then, uh, oh man, what do you? Let, let's go back in some time. What have you ever hunted with? You know, you know, especially in the in the Walker breed. Uh, in the Walker breed, you had. Uh, you know, you had, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of prominent walkers back then, you know? Yeah. What would have been a, what would have been a prominent one that you would have hunted with that you really liked? I tell you what, I, the color dog looked real good one night when I drew him at Walker days. Uh, he was a real deal that night. Um, I don't know. Did you ever get to hunt with the Hammond Earl dog? No, I did see. Yeah, he was no. a he was a he was a good one too. Well, hey yeah. Dick, I would say I would venture to say, uh, you know, been very fortunate to have gotten to uh, hunt with a, uh, you know, from basically from Laser uh, and then and Sarah and them on up. Really enjoyed, you know, uh, having that. What's uh before we close this down? Uh, what's one thing, what's one thing, a bit of advice that you could give to, uh, to someone young, uh, that's just, uh, maybe getting started or thinking about competing. Uh, what's it take to be successful for 50 plus years? Like you have been. Well, I would say Steve, uh, just never give up, uh, a lot of patience, you know, and, you know, um, learn learning a dog inside and out patients are so much in a dog you know and you know you you can't when you train a dog you can't expect overnight to win a world hunt you know uh right that that that's good information to give i think you know right absolutely you 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 uh early on you uh you would be better off to hunt with several people and see what they got. You know, if you are constantly getting beat by a particular strain of dogs, you will want to get some of that dog. Exactly. If you can't really. beat them, join them, right? Yes, sir. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Well, yeah. Dick, it was really awesome having this conversation with you. I really appreciate you for your time. Um, and uh, it was just a very enjoyable, and I look super forward to doing this again sometime. Okay. Steve, I, thank you very much, Steve. I appreciate you, and uh, you're a good friend through the years, you know. And uh, maybe we can get Gil for a hunt uh, uh, again sometime. That would be awesome, Dick. I would love that. Yeah. I would enjoy that. So when you get when, when you get back up north, we will make it happen. Sounds awesome. Can't wait. So, yeah. Okay. Well, so my, uh, thank you, Dick. And with that, we're going to say uh, 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 a good night and God bless. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Thank you.